welcome to another episode of the Joy of Social Work Podcast. <laughs> there's so much, there's so much going on right now. So many things. I'm gonna save the talk about that for another day because I'm trying to speak low because it's early in the morning, people are sleeping. Story for another day. You had to be here to hear it. Anyway, um, hope you're doing well as you know, may know, may not know, but will know now. This is the second to last episode before we take a break. So if you haven't been listening or you you forgot, um, the four-year season (laughs) is wrapping up. Just so I can take a break and kind of figure out where this podcast is going, where I want it to go. um, And just be more intentional about the content that comes out with it. We started in a very different place or I started in a very different place than I am now, and I want to give honor to the growth and the healing that I've had. Um, With also just, I don't know, like, what's next? What's next for me? What's next for mental health? What's next for social work? Just all of the things. So I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know when I will be back, but just know that it's going to be a little bit. Um, because there is still so much other things going on that I need to dedicate some time and attention to. So that's that with podcasting. So there's one more episode after this. Then on February 5th, we're going to be celebrating the four-year anniversary. If you um, have tickets, have purchased tickets already for January 22nd, and you can still make February 5th, I'm looking forward to seeing you then. If you can't make it, just let me know so I can issue a refund. And if you're like, oh, I absolutely can come on the 5th, get your tickets. They're back on sale now. It's going to be a great time. You will get some access to some tea that other folks... Why would that ever do that? You'll get some access to things that um, other folks won't know or other folks won't know as soon. So it's going to be a good time. Um, In addition to that also recently launched two new programs for my my practice I'm going to be offering friendship coaching based on the french fry friendship theory and I'm going to be offering styling and body image support so I have a lot of clients or some clients I mean my friends who you know your body changes and you get into this like space of like I hate my body and it's like you don't necessarily put the right clothes on for it so then you're you're, you're you don't like how you look, you feel un, un, um, you don't feel attractive, and you have all of these other feelings, and sometimes it's like, well, okay, you don't like your body right now, let's work on the mindset that comes with body image, but also let's find some clothes that do make you feel good. So that's kind of the concept of that. If you want some more information, it's on my Instagram, you can also go to my website and find that out, but again... This is the second to last episode before we take a break. And I'm so excited for my guest, the guys of Melanated Social Work Podcast, Melanated Social Work. I feel like if you are a social worker, you know them. (laughs) If you are a social worker of color, you know them. Um, So I'm super excited to have had them on. I feel like it's like three years in the making and I've just been too scared to ask. It's really what it was. I was so scared to ask them to be a guest. And then as time has gone on, our relationship has grown. 
And I'm like, they've actually, a few of them have asked me, like, why haven't we been guests? And I'm like, um, because I'm scared to ask you. And they're like, that's dumb. And I'm like, yep, it is. So, <laughs> I appreciate y'all for making time and sitting down and chopping it up with me. So um, excited about all the things that y'all have coming up personally and collectively. And just keep being dope human beings. So, I'm grateful for y'all. Hope you enjoy the episode and we will talk soon. Okay, so I am super excited about today's guest and also a little nervous because I feel like for like three years I've wanted them to be on the podcast, but I just like never asked because I was shy and scared. And now like our relationship feels different. And so now they're here. So welcome Josh, Marvin, Michael, and Jesse of Melodated Social Work. Hey, y'all. Hey, thank you for having us. Thank you for being Yo. here. <laughs> what's up, what's up? Hey, hey, honored to be a guest on the podcast, obviously. So I appreciate you inviting us. Thank yeah. you, thank you. So for the people who might not know who you are, can you introduce yourselves? Like individually or like as the collective? <laughs> Both. Ooh, I'll start with, we'll do individual first and then somebody can wrap up the collective. Um, so I'm Marvin Tolliver. Uh, I use he and they pronouns. Um, licensed clinical social worker. Right now I am in Oakland, California, but um, normally I live in, normally I live, I live in Philadelphia. Um, co-founder of uh, Melanated Social Work, therapist with uh, the Radical Therapy Center, um, consultant, lecturer, mentor, lots of things. Uh, yeah, that's me. I'm happy to be here. And you're a Leo. And, we're <laughs> and I'm a Leo. Friends. Big Leo energy. And, and, we, <laughs> <laughs> and we are BFFs for folks who don't know. They have caught me on the last one. <laughs> now the rest of the crew is here and it's about to be a whole takeover so yes you're ready i love it, I love it. <laughs> thank you what's up everyone my name is michael i uh i use he him pronouns i am a licensed clinical social worker a therapist at williams college mbpa uh player wellness counselor and one fourth co-founder of melanated social work I'm a Minnesota native. Shout out to my Minnesotans. Uh, currently based just on the outskirts of Boston. And since we're doing Zodiacs, shout out to my fellow Geminis. Okay, Geminis. Yep. My dad was a Gemini. So I, like I, just lo- I just lost a few fans. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was a Gemini, so okay. No doubt. Yo, what's good, y'all? This is Jesse. I'm reporting to y'all live from Oakland, California, uh, born and raised here in the Bay Area. I'm an LCSW. I actually just submitted my paperwork for my first license renewal, y'all. It's been two years, so you feel me? It's crazy. Time flies. Um, But yeah, I've been working as a therapist here in the public school system, mostly with high schoolers. Um, In addition to that, I'm also a co-founder of Melanated Social Work uh editor and producer of the podcast um radical educator uh thinker change maker um yeah and just trying to really 
think about where we taking this social work thing. So I don't know what role that puts me in, but I'm, I'm constantly in a space of trying to think about how do we change this shit. Uh, yeah. And if you want to tap in with me on Instagram, I am at hyphy and healing. <laughs> okay. What's your sign now that you oh, introduced yeah. that? <laughs> I'm going to up it one, y'all. I'm going to give you the moon too. So uh, I'm a Taurus with a Libra moon. So I don't know what that means, but I, I hear it's good, you know? <laughs> it sounds good. Okay. And last but not least, my cousin. Yes, Josh, I am a cousin to Joy. Jealous ones imitate, jealous ones still hate, you know? Um, I'm a Sagittarius. Uh, I'm a black man. Identify with the He series. My ancestors and Joy's ancestors from the same place, enslaved Africans in the American South. And, uh, you know, I got social media consultant work. Uh, Shouts out to Magnolia Mental Health. And I'm a D- I have DEI experience in the wellness space, whatever that is. Um, also, an advanced clinical track doctor of social work student at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. And I'm coming to you from, let me think. Give it to us. Where you at? Robert Parrish's former city. How about that? Okay. Or Bill Russell for those who don't know. Well, thank you. And who is Melanated Social Work for those who have lived under a rock for the last, I don't know, how many years? And how did y'all get together, for those who don't know? (laughs) Tap in, Marvin. Tap in. Yeah. So Melanated Social Work uh, is comprised of of us four. Um, So we are uh, a collective. Um, We are looking to change the face of mental health. Um, I mean, we have many like goals, but one mm-hmm. of them is to change the, the face of mental health. So as many of us know, um, the mental health field is predominantly uh, white women dominated. Um, and so you typically don't see uh, a lot of men and men of color. And so, um, yeah, so we're looking to change the face. So we're looking to um, end the stigma of mental health in Black and Brown communities. Um, and then we're also looking to do more like social justice work, you know, and, and dismantle these systems that are, you know, rooted in white supremacy um, and, and, and just fuck shit up, you mm. know. Um, people talk about getting into good trouble. I mean, we probably gonna get into trouble, good, bad, ugly. We, we gonna get in that. <laughs> um, I'll let someone else take it. Or if someone has anything to add, or you can talk about the origin story as well. I mean, yeah, I, I just wanna say like some of the things that we've been able to do first and foremost has been build community, mm-hmm. um, you know, and build community with you, Joy, and a bunch of other dope, mental health workers and creators and advocates across the world, which has been amazing. Um, But, you know, we've also been able to like do some shit 
online in the midst of like a global pandemic, you know, hold healing spaces, offer trainings, um, guest lecture for young folks still in grad school, uh, hold book club, offer mindfulness on a regular basis. Um, and it's all been at the request of community. You know, mm -hmm. that's how the podcast first came up is we were interviewed on supervision support. And there was just like an overwhelming call from the community for us to just start recording our process. And so, you know, Melanie's social work has already up until this point taken multiple different iterations. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's limitless in terms of where it can go from here. It's really just, you know, what is the need right now and how can we support people in getting through this time and, and provide something that's hopefully making people think. And we, yes. we also able to change the narrative and we build community. Um, you know, it started back in spring of 2018, you know, being able to meet with other social work platforms on the Instagram, you know, account um, or platform, I should say, um, being able to go to conferences such as the Supervision Support Conference in Miami, shout out to Desiree, or going to the Millennial Social Work Conference, the inaugural one in the outskirts woods of Atlanta, where I met my long lost cousin, um, being able to showcase brands such as Nidra Glover Tawab's uh, books or James Harrison in Oakland, fam, you all right, right? Or being able to advocate for improved immigration policies. Click the link in the bio for that, right? Being able to have people DM us and say your podcast and your Instagram account shares a lot of resources and stories and history that we didn't know. And because of you, your account, things are different to me social work wise. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting seeing people write into master's programs for social work or doctoral programs saying like, you know, I mentioned your Instagram account to, or in my statement of purpose to school or shout outs to Dr. Desmond Upton Patton who says Melanated Social Work is doing digital social work to be able to network with people such as Dr. Tanya Sharp at the University of Toronto to talk about what it looks like to be Black in Toronto and be able to provide resources, right? Or be able to provide um, different tips on how to do your billing now, right? Because it's 2022 and it's a different way to do billing, especially when, you know, insurance companies want to make it hard for people who don't take insurance. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to put those resources out there and let people know what it is, but also show wellness, show people that look like them, not even from a, a racial standpoint, but if you got grades in your biz, if you ball, whatever the case may be, we try to showcase any and everybody, especially social workers. So we're appreciative of, of being here and building and talking more about all we do. I love it. Thank y'all. I definitely, I have clients who are social workers or who are mostly social workers who are, or, or like counselors or something. And I'm like, do you follow this page? If you don't, you need to follow it and you need to listen to the podcast. And it's like part of their homework because I think it's just so important and relevant for the work that we do to have, also to have like male voices talking about the things because social work is so white women populated and dominated. So I'm grateful for the work that y'all are doing. And how did y'all meet again? 
folks don't know that. Ooh. And say like, we want to do this work together. Because just because you met don't mean that you wanted to work together. Uh, true that. Well, I will say just as importantly, we, in addition to all the work that we do, we're homies. Mm -hmm. And uh, we clicked up in grad school uh, at Boston College, you know, it was a 200 plus cohort. Uh, Josh graduated the year before Jesse, Marvin and myself did. Um, but it really became official at Jesse's birthday party. And uh, I believe Josh came up with the name uh, while we were all just hanging out, celebrating, you know, our brother here on his solar return. And uh, during tourist season. Yeah, that's right. May, May, <laughs> May 10, Mother's Day. Um, yeah, it was a good day. Beautiful weather. I mean, everything's just sort of just sort of aligned. And uh, we came together. And um, I think in regards to how the podcast developed, we all went coast to coast after we graduated from the program. Josh was in New York, Marvin was in Philly, I was in DC, Jesse was in Oakland. And uh, we, just we just started having check-ins mm -hmm. with each other. How's work, how's life? How's, the, you know, just, just keeping a tab on the brotherhood. Um, and then we started offering each other support uh, professionally and realized that through our conversations, we probably weren't the only people experiencing this, uh, challenges, barriers, you know, trying to navigate systems of power in our respective workplaces. Right. And so, uh, through that, through, through just us offering support to one another, we decided to uh, have a podcast and try it out. And uh, first one came out 2018, mm -hmm. and we've been rolling since. That's awesome. 2019, it was right after Nipsey Hussle got murdered. Okay. That was like April 2019. Well, I, tr I trust Josh on that. He's the encyclopedia <laughs> of all things, so <laughs> trust that. So the party was... May of 2018, first episode came out 2019. The first party, I think, was 20... 2016, 2016, right? 2016. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So this is a while. And then there was another, the same one at the same place at Pierce Park in East Boston. It was 2016 and then 2017. Okay. And the name came to me 2016. Especially our trademark stuff says that as well. Ooh, ooh. Oh, you, we don't know. We, we don't argue with Josh. <laughs> if Josh has a date, a name, anything like that, you got. Yep, you're right. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. So so you you decided to build community with each other, and then it just kind of like has grown to this massive thing that so many folks have been able to tap into and learn from and grow from and heal from. Did you know that it was going to be this? Like, did you know that it was going to be what it is? And did you know yeah. that people were going to, oh, okay. <laughs> you ever see that's all, you ever see that's all Raven and she sees the little thing like, oh, I can see it. Yes, had a <laughs> that's, how, that's how it was with me, you know? Okay. Um, I know some things probably we needed to talk about, but trying to see, okay, oh, merchandise, oh, this, oh, that, oh, whatever. It took a while for us to really kind of stamp it out. And we're still learning and growing with it. But to answer your question, yes. And this is just the beginning. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I think we all have different answers because I was just like, mm, I mean, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be cute. You know? <laughs> so you, you um, didn't have the vision. that Josh I did not have the vision. I, I, I did not at the time. I was like, okay, it sounds, it sounds dope. Like, sure, let's do it. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of where I was coming from. Like, if I, I, I didn't think it would be like a huge thing, but 
if it happened, like I wasn't going to, you know, shy away from it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I anticipated us being somewhat successful, but okay. definitely not, uh, you know, where we are now. Not a household name. Not a, <laughs> are we a household name? If there's a social worker in that household, then we probably are. <laughs> but similarly, I don't think I could have anticipated how things would have unfolded. You know what I mean? I think it's also just because I'm not a podcast listener. So I don't really know like what people are looking for when they tap in with a podcast. You feel me? So I legit said to the guys like before we dropped it i was like yo if we get 20 listens on this first episode i'm cool with it like i really thought that was it and you know we're less than two years into it now and we have like cumulatively nearly 150,000 streams that's awesome yeah congratulations i will say that you know when i thought about this i was thinking of a feasibility study business-wise, as far as customers, as far as investors, as far as like, is there anything else in the market like this? So there is that of like, it's something that has never been done, but also we would be remiss if we did not mention as black and brown males in this field, we have a lot of privilege and people are gonna probably listen to us, four of us, especially combined than other people. So we would be remiss if we did not mention the privilege that we have for people to listen to us in the first place. You know what I mean? That is a fact. I think it's just always important to the name that like the success that we've had is is because of black women and because of women of color. Like very, very, very um um what's the word? They, 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 y'all have just been supporting the shit out of us. Yeah. Why do you think like, that is? Ooh, that's a good question. Um I think that since we are men, um, people listen to us in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think men, for the most part, and I don't know if y'all experienced this in your social work courses, but like whenever I spoke, like people were like fully ready to listen. Um, it's it's something that you don't see a lot in this field, especially yeah. men of color. Um, I think that's one thing. I think also like we... I think there's a lot of frustration in this field. Mm-hmm. Right? I think there's a lot of anger sometimes in this field. I think that there are there's a lot of harm that's yeah. done in this field to social workers. Yes. Right. <laughs> not not just to clients, but obviously to clients. Like I think we many of us know about that, but to other social workers, right? right? Like sometimes so, by social workers. And sometimes by social workers, right? And so I think we very unapologetically, very bluntly address that um and we're just like nah fuck that that's wrong Mm -hmm. right and so i think that when you have folks that kind of go against the current in that way you start to open open some eyes a bit more especially Mm -hmm. when people are agreeing right it's sometimes i'm i feel like we're that voice that people can't say because they will they'll like get reprimanded in their job or people might there might, might be a target on their back right and so i think we kind of at times represent that voice it's just like 
and people are just like, yes, that mm-hmm. like, I can't mm-hmm. say that shit, but that is exactly how I feel. Often, I feel like that is like the reaction that I get and I've I've heard folks say they get from the things that you say and you post is like, that's what I'm thinking. I can't say that because if I say that, what's going to happen to me? I think it's good to say those things and name those things because we all know that this is a very gatekeeping, bureaucratic, red tape, conventional run systemic you know process and and you know practice in the field and we know that our people do not are not conventional people like that you know we're not cookie cutter we're very expressive we're very uh, emotional right we're very candid mm-hmm. and the previous social work that the so-called james jane adams is allegedly found to me is utterly bullshit because at the same time when this stuff was going on and she allegedly found or colonized what social work is, there was a lot of black people coming from the South to Chicago where it started. She didn't help them out, but another black or another person that came to Chicago was Ida B. Wells, who's from Holly Springs, Mississippi. And Marvin's family is from there. I told this nigga all the time, like, yo, your ancestors are from that place. You come from where the ancestors are. So talk that talk, dog. You know, Ida B. Wells was speaking against lynchings and all those things mary church terrell you know whitney m young in oakland ronald dellums barbara lee we have a history of greatness in this field even marshall lynch studied social welfare and we know that our ancestors died were enslaved got all this stuff so we you know if we wouldn't keep it real based upon how our ancestors are treated we would be doing a disservice to them it's about pushing the ball forward and it's not about being cookie cutter. It's about speaking truth to power. That's why you can get us to ask the NASW, and I got love for Mitt Joyner, mm-hmm. president, but it's, we have to ask those questions because maybe nobody else will. Maybe since we have the privilege, they want to be on the platform to say some stuff, but the way social work's been going has to change. And we are the change. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's powerful. What 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 happened or did something happen? Like what kind of was like the thing that made you say like we have to be the change? Or, or like I can myself be the change and like us four can do this together. Cause I don't think, and maybe I'm different because I'm a I'm a woman, but I know I didn't wake up one day or I wasn't taught like say everything you want to say. It was kind of like you're gonna get fired, you can't do that, you can't talk back, mm-hmm. you need to be seen and not heard, versus like advocating for yourself i wasn't taught that as a younger person Mm -hmm. i'll I'll jump in because i think that's been a learning curve for me i've definitely tried to tread cautiously even while engaging in this work with these guys Mm -hmm. because i'm trying to be mindful about the environment where i do social work Mm -hmm. and knowing that you know since we've started i think three of us have switched jobs Mm -hmm. at least once um and i'm trying to you know because word is going around, you know, I, I was kind of worried about what happens if my supervisor and my director catches one of this podcast and then like mm-hmm. it flips how that person thinks about me and how colleagues think about me. So I've had to like lean in, especially once I got my LICSW, then I was like, okay, now, now I got some security. I got a, I got a safety net. I'm not really too worried about, you know, us showing up as authentically as we do. Got it. Um, 
So, and I also want to name some earlier. I was thinking about like what, what draws people like in. And I think something that we didn't name explicitly was the bar is pretty low for like cishet men talking isms and talking about combating patriarchy and, and um, just about privileges. Yeah. And so for us to show up in this way and name it and acknowledge how we benefited from it and also try to uh, combat uh, how we show up in uh, oppressive spaces and maybe contribute to it, like it's like the bare minimum we could be doing, mm-hmm. right? It's the least we could do. Um, so I, just, I, I thought I wanted to bring attention to that because I, I think that uh, it's important that we, we are engaging in this work. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'll pause there. I don't know if any of my brothers got something to add on. No, it is super important and you're right. It's not seen enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm, oh. my bad, y'all. I'm just taking in everything that y'all are saying and like reflecting on my process throughout all this as well. Um, I think for me personally, a big part of it was just like my relationship with my partner. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she's a, has played a big role in like my radicalization and like shifting my relationship to anger in my life in a way that like, I felt like I could use anger in ways that were much more fruitful and generative as Mm. opposed to like the fear that kind of went with anger throughout Mm. most of my life. Um, And so I think that's what I was coming into grad school with and you know, my partner is deeply tied to like community organizing and social change and the abolition of prisons. And so that was kind of like the energy I was coming into that space with. Um, And I think about like, I've talked about this in different spaces about the idea of like the stages of grief associated with your like consciousness um, Mm. and like the idea of like, once you become aware of a particular social issue, it's like a death to your psyche. And it's Mm -hmm. like a reorientation with a better understanding of the world. And the entire two years that we were in grad school, I just was in that stage of anger. Um, I was so angry about the world and what was happening and, and trying to exist in this space that did not want us there, that I was just very vocal with it. Like Mm. I just wanted to take my anger out on every single white person that I came into contact with. And I wanted to make white people cry in that space or make them feel bad. This is like in the classroom you would do. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, And I think it was just like, it just continued to roll from there. You Mm -hmm. know, it was just like, that was like one of the first spaces and knowing how to navigate that space and creating space for, for like the experiences of black folks in particular, for indigenous folks, for other folks of color. And then like that has just kind of like steamrolled leaving, leaving grad school. And it was like just bringing that same energy to the podcast. Mm -hmm. But it was like that grad school was the first invitation where it was like, okay, like we could do this. You know what I mean? I can say whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Or the fuck I want. I think, you know, I was meeting with my doc, my doctoral committee chair yesterday. He's just like, if it's in you, it's in you. And I just know based upon my ancestors and like my great, great grandfather in North Carolina was, they called him professor or fest for short. 
and he's actually at Fayetteville State University. There's a picture of a mural to him. So being connected to the ancestors, my mom is like, when I'm seven years old, my mom takes me to Charleston, South Carolina, my little brother, who's two at the time, taking us to a slave market to me, like, your ancestors came from here, right? Um, watching Malcolm X at five years old, my mom had me deep into stuff, right? <laughs> at five, early, <clears throat> you know, having and learning from an early age and going back to where our family's from mm -hmm. and learning how white people took our land, right? This is before grad school. This is me, five, seven, nine, you know, going to white schools and hearing all types of stuff. Yeah. Um, it made me want to go to HBCU. And to be honest, I actually forgot I was black at an HBCU because, you know, everybody's basically black. There's other things and, you know, it's not a perfect world. Nothing is perfect. But being able to have that curation of, you know, black professors, having those representation to know that you could be great. So I think everything coupled with learning, you know, from my ancestors, my mom, my grandmother, my grandmother from our, fa our family side. She was a little bit Farrakhanish, and she always taught me, don't let these white people talk to you any type of way. You got to, she, she, she would say this, you got to take a shit just like the white man does. So don't, don't, don't take shit from these white people. They're people just like you. They bleed just like you. They are not gods, you know, even though they have an inferiority complex. Right. So I think with having that, having my ancestors and just feeling what's right, because in the past, I would take a lot of the racial bullying. And so one day you got to be like, perhaps, what was this? Halloween weekend, 2014, it was a Friday and I was in class and I had a hoodie on because I had to go to work, you know, after, you know, and I, I would have my, you know, work uniform on and here are microaggressions about black men wearing, or black youth, black people wearing hoodies. And that being a such and such behavior, you know, and it's like you speaking ill against me. Mm -hmm. And I told my mom that and she's like, nigga, you better go back in the next Friday and tell her what the fuck it is. Fuck all that school shit. We'll deal with this. I got your back. So just knowing having that and having that support and knowing who I am, that's what helped me to be this. And I would even without having a master's of social work, you know, being in a DSW program, I would probably still be the same person. You know, I would be in class in school and be that one smart ass kid raising his hand being like, actually, you know, and hitting them with facts. Yeah. So even before the whole social work stuff, it was in me to just speak truth to power. I admire that. And I'm really jealous of y'all for having that experience. I had my dad, both of my parents are from South Carolina. My dad is older than my mom. So he was like, my dad's birth certificate says Negro. So he's older. Um, and he talked about like picking cotton and like uh, segregation in the South and just kind of like, just all, all of the things that he experienced. And he would make me watch things like Roots and we would talk about Malcolm X and we would talk about these things, but it was still never. And like, he felt like he should like fight the white man. And he did, like he had physical fights with his boss at the post office because they said something, I think they called him a boy and he like had a fight and like got all this stuff. But it, when it came to me, it was like, don't call out of work because you're gonna lose your job or like, don't be too loud or don't be too anything other than like safe. And maybe it was, maybe it was a safety thing. Maybe it was like, if you step out of line, you will get hurt or somebody will disrespect you or something. I'm not really sure, but 
it's just like, I, I wish that at a younger age, I had felt like I had that voice. And so sometimes now in my work, with my clients, when they're having like these issues with usually white supervisors, and sometimes it's black people too, at work, it's like, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to say something. You're not going to lose your job. And if you do lose your job, this isn't the job for you. And that's hard for people sometimes to, to digest. Yeah. One thing that I'm thinking of too, as you're naming that joy, and I was talking to Marvin about this recently is like us, like even with all of the attention that's been put towards us or people coming up to us and being like recognizing us and all this shit is like mm -hmm. trying to maintain some sense of humility through that process. Mm -hmm. Cause like, I don't want to feed into any type of narrative that we are in and of ourselves, like have some innate skill or are like exceptionalize us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we are and exist because of the community that we've surrounded ourselves around. Yeah. Um, you know, and for the most part, like we're guided by the, you know, the, the experiences and mentorship and guidance of our matriarchal lineages within our own family structures. But outside of that, too, through like the thoughts and teachings of black radical feminists, mm -hmm. you know, so it's like we're still trying to find the space in the lane for where we where our original thought fits, but also mm -hmm. acknowledge that like there's there's so many folks yeah. that have come before us that allowed this to happen and other people can be in this lane, too. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's nothing that is you know, folks can grow into that space and challenge that discomfort to also like be heard in the same way. Mm -hmm. How do you suggest or how would you encourage folks to grow into that space? I mean, I'd be curious to hear what everyone else thinks too, but I think, you know, growth and change happens through intentional community. Mm -hmm. um, I think being surrounded by folks that have a shared similar interest and in wanting to grow in a particular way and want to hold each other um, with love through that process makes a lot of things possible. I couldn't do or create a fraction of what we've done by myself in isolation. I know that to be the case. Um, and so I think you have to be deeply rooted in this process with other people that love and care about you so that, you know, they can give you the affirmation that you need or remind you of what it is that you deserve or, you know, call you in when you step, step a little out of mm -hmm. line. You feel me? Like that is fully Absolutely. necessary. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part. I, I, I just reiterate shared values, shared morals, shared accountability. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, knowing that not going through this process alone, like reading about Bell Hooks, Audre Lorde, and B, as Jesse already alluded to, like in regards to where we're at on this continuum, like we had matriarchs before us. So, you know, that's all accessible. You can tap in at any point in time and not have to be uh, necessarily physically present with other people. But uh, there's a lot of wondrous content out there that might help you shape how you want to exist in this world. Right. Yeah, I, I think we have to be really intentional about who we want to be. Mm. 
I, I think we really have to think about what are my boundaries? What am I comfortable or uncomfortable doing? Mm-hmm. Right? Because my version of radical might not look like your version of radical. This is true. Right? My, my definition of social justice may not look like your definition of social justice. Right? And so I think it starts with self, like checking your own biases. You know, and all, and, that, and this is an ongoing process, and you're utilizing your community, hopefully, to do these things too. Checking your own biases, being being open to being called in, and not being defensive, mm-hmm. right? Figuring out like wh- why. I, I I always go back to, um, you know, when we feel burnt out. When I feel burnt out in this work, I go back to my why. Mm. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Why am I posting? Why am I? doing these talks, why does melanated social work exist, right? And so really thinking about what my role is and what and also what I have capacity for, right? Because like some people don't wanna be gung-ho out there, you know, in these streets. Right. And not everybody should be, right? right? But, you know, I, I think it, it, we have to really reflect um, be self-reflective, be introspective around like, what does this work look like? And what's my role in this work? Yeah. I think with all that being said, to be honest, that shit don't take, it's not, it's not overnight. So you got, that's, that, right. all this stuff takes time. It takes time to be intentional. It takes time yeah. to know what your boundaries are. It takes time to know what the community is, right? Um, it's all about being patient. The biggest thing I can say is being patient, taking it, learning from all these things and, you know, realizing change is, is constant and growth is optional and evolution is the biggest thing that will hopefully happen. You know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Where do you see this going? Or where would you like to see it going? Where do you want to be when you grow up? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I think um, I think as 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 folks that have followed us uh, have realized that we've taken a, a, a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. I um, appreciate y'all coming out of like your break for this. Oh, hibernation, yeah. On um, <laughs> this here January sixth anniversary of insurrection, we'll get into because that. <laughs> white people be white people. Um, but yeah, I I think that you know, with kind of our first surge, when when we first started, we were doing all of the things. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we're at, I I, I must speak for myself and and what I see from from the four of us, but I think we're all in these spaces of just like being hella busy, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like life be life in, as as my friend says. And like, you know, Josh and the doctor program, like Jesse, you know, focus, focusing more intentionally on himself mm-hmm. um, and his, and his um, um, health and wellness, right? Like Michael doing all the jobs, right? Literally. <laughs> um, you know, and, and myself doing, you know, the things. But I, I think the sky is the limit for us. I think um, part of, I think what we have to do as a collective is really come together and hash that out. Because in the same way that we didn't, or 
I, well, some of us didn't <laughs> didn't know that melanated social work would be this uh, be this big. Yeah. I think that we similarly, there's so many different directions that we can go in the future. And there's so much that we have to talk about as far as even like capacity, mm-hmm. right? Like Josh is in a doctorate program right now and is still doing melanated social work stuff, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think any of us would want him to burn out for right. like by us doing like all the talks and all the things and like all these things. And I mean, similarly with Michael doing, basically doing two full-time jobs, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we want to make sure that we're moving intentionally. Um, we want to make sure that we are moving together. Yeah. Um, and I think we, we, we want to make sure that it is, it's, it's true. It's true to us. Both as individuals, yeah, as Michael, Marvin, Josh, and Jesse, and then also as a collective. Can I ask a, like a little bit of a random question? Did y'all plan that two of your names was going to start with M and two was going to start with J? Like, is that how you decided who was going to be in the crew? Uh, Joy, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna I was trying to come up with some smart ass response. No, I, yeah, no, it just happened like that. It just happened like that. The M's and the J's, and you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to answer um, your question, I think I could see it going just infinitely. We may not know where it is now, but I think part of it, to Marvin's point, is just taking a step back. You know, living life because mm-hmm. living life and doing those things helps you to propel forward. And even I'll say, even for me. Um, I actually, I registered to become a yoga, a yoga teacher. So that's going to take a long time as well. So possibly in the future. You're going to be doing it in conjunction with your, your program. So hopefully my capstone will be on yoga, meditation and mindfulness. So this actually just helps me to, you know, if I want to do social work and continue. Yeah. Or if I want to just get more into the wellness using yoga or whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. but definitely being a registered yoga teacher would be part of who I am. And over the pandemic, I've been able to do a lot of yoga, like probably at least 200 times over the last two years, maybe even more. Uh, But I would say, speaking for me, it's infinite, but hopefully my contribution in the long run will be more wellness-based, especially for Black men. We have the shortest life expectancies. And we are the most incarcerated in America. Mm. It's not easy being a black man. So I want to be able to find and fine tune evidence based for our people, black men, um, these these wellness practices and things, because black men deserve to live long and yeah. black men deserve joy, too. Yes. And I'm going to throw it back to joy. <laughs> I was like, I hear the, the music in the background now. <laughs> uh. I was also thinking too, as both of y'all were speaking, um, it's interesting to see like where we've gotten in these two years. And it's nice to think about the possibilities. Um, I think what I hope for us for the future is like more healing, um, more time together, more camaraderie, more space for creativity um retirement plans um more travel um 
Yeah. And I want someone to come on and do all the business shit. (laughs) (laughs) I want someone to come on and do our branding and manage our calendar and help us like do promotion and shit. Are you hiring? Is this a call to support? I mean, if anyone is interested, (laughs) we have zero dollars to pay you. Maybe if you were a free job, can you give them like merch? I mean, give them supervision. Yeah, we could give you merch, and we could give you supervision if you're in California, Massachusetts, or Pennsylvania. Okay, I got you on the supervision. I'll just sign off on the hours. I don't give a shit. That's how I feel about (laughs) it. That is literally how I feel about it. Just give BBS if the BBS is listening. I'm just fucking around, y'all. All (laughs) of those hours are legit. All of those hours are legit. But yeah, so. I, I also want us to lean into more vulnerability together and mm. on the podcast. I always feel like I have like these weird ideas for podcasts and no one ever wants to do them. So I'm still like keeping the idea of like having our partners, you know, record a podcast together and talk about what is it like to date a Ooh. social worker. Or having our moms come on and record an episode for Mother's Day to talk about what it was like raising our asses. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I want to do some weird shit like that. (laughs) I don't have a partner, so I feel like that shit. I will will host that episode. How about that? Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm uh, going to tell y'all something I have in mind. Uh, because I do have this desire to kind of fall back and have this self-sustainable in- farm environment. And mm. thank God we read uh, Parable of the Sower because Earthseed, uh, I'm thinking about, I've been thinking about that um, and how dope it would be for us to like foster healing amongst social workers mm-hmm. to come get this love, get this healing, get this wellness. Um, and for us, just like being community with 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 our community, mm-hmm. so it's something I hold in mind. Um, but we need some funds to do that. So maybe uh, maybe twenty twenty three. I don't know. Maybe maybe some some listener out there has got uh, got that bread and is able to like, yo, I like these. I like what y'all are doing. I got y'all. Yeah, that right. would be dope. Mm-hmm. I just some... really want a white person to feel bad enough that they're like, here's like a hundred million dollars yeah. <laughs> approximately or, or even just like a, a space you know what i mean or that. If, if you're listening to this and you live in like i don't know hawaii or something and you know you got a little property on on puerto rico or something you know what mm-hmm. i mean where we could host a nice little healing gathering like let us use that shit for the free yeah. for <laughs> free we'll clean mm. No, we won't. Never mind. <laughs> I stopped myself. Say. Never no, mind. We no, we won't. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I feel like reparations are needed. Mm-hmm. Reparations are, are deserved. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I just need it. They're deserved. They're deserved, yes. I'm going to tell y'all folks who are buying two, three, four houses, you don't need all them homes. <laughs> You can only do them one Yeah, all you need is one. Stop buying up all this land. So you've heard it here first. Stop doing that. 
Yes. <laughs> give it to us. <laughs> if somebody were to give you a hundred million dollars, what would you do with it? Pay off loans and buy a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of sandwich? <laughs> BB and J is all I got left over. <laughs> You know, it's all the money I got. So these damn loans are crazy. Fuck <laughs> uh, them loans. <laughs> yeah, it's out of my hands, right? <laughs> a bumby. Yeah, we for, I forgave ourselves. We already forgave ourselves, JB. Um, no, but in actuality, uh, I, I already, I mean, I, I think about this all the time. I don't know if y'all just saw the Powerball. It was booming yesterday. And uh, two people just got the, Got to hit the jackpot, but definitely pay off the debt of family and friends. Mm -hmm. And then I'll probably just fall back. I fall off the grid. Y'all wouldn't even know. Be like, man, where's Michael at? (laughs) (laughs) This dude in a minute. Just know I'm I'm well, I'm taking care, and I'm all good. Nice. And my people's is all good too. Nice. What would the rest of you do with a hundred million dollars? I'll just stop working, y'all. Like, <laughs> shit. That would be like first and foremost. I'm quitting my job today. <laughs> I'm going out like fucking Scarface. Like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You're cool. Just, I'm out. Like, that's it. And I'll probably just hop on a plane. Y'all might not see me again. That's it. I'm just jet setting around the world. You know, maybe I'll buy my whole block. But, mm. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So y'all are leaving. Y'all not gonna stick around for people to ask you for money. While these, while, it's while messy out other, there. While these other two are leaving everybody, um <laughs> I'm planning a big ass party with all of my people. Such a fucking Leo. Post <laughs> post-COVID. Um <laughs> that's a Leo answer. We're gonna be on an island. I'm pay- I'm paying for everything. Just come enjoy yourself. Let's just have a good ass time together for like a week. Let's just let's just, let's enjoy each other's company for like a week. I'll pay whatever wages you've lost in uh in 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 in, in working in that working job. Yeah. Let's just let's let's come together and just do her rash shit together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and also, you, you know, then you gonna stake around or you leaving too? I'm 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 gonna move back to the bay probably. Okay. I'll move back to the bay, pay off uh I mean fuck them loans. Them loans still ain't getting paid. Like if I get a hundred million dollars, it's above it's again, it's above me. Um you're going back to the you going back to the bay. You probably gonna afford a one bed half bath apartment or something out there. <laughs> I'm gonna have my nine roommates. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be living in the community. I'm gonna crash in my homies guest guest house. Um no, but yeah, make sure that you know, similar to Michael, make sure the friends and family are taken care of. Um I'll probably end up giving a lot of it away. Like honestly, really? like I, who needs that much? Like, if, if I'm good, mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. it, the rest of it is excess. I don't want to buy a fucking rocket ship. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just, Please don't buy a rocket ship. I just want to be comfortable, you know. Yeah. And I will definitely, I won't completely stop working. I might see like one to two clients a day. Yeah. Yeah. Three days a week. You you gonna make them pay a fee? Maybe four. Okay. Huh? Are, are your clients paying a fee? Ooh, Ooh, good that's question. A good question. That's a really good question. That'll go to 
That's a great question. Right. I'm going to do something with, I'm not going to keep it. I'll probably start a fund or something for some other shit. I don't know. You pulled like the Kelly Kapoor. (laughs) You're like, if I win the lotto, um, I would just take a salary of $1. But, you know, I'm going to come in when I want. I'm going to leave when I want. I work like an hour a day. My salary is only a dollar. What do you expect? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I work at the radical therapy. I mean, mean, Okay, okay. Josh, what are you doing? I would say, of course, paying all my student loans off, making sure my blood, like my mom or my brother, Lou, um, everybody like that, we're good. You know, buy some land to live on. Um, maybe, maybe pay off some loans to some Black folks, you know? And I would definitely want to start a Black Joy and Wellness Center for Black people of all, all from all over the diaspora or nationalities, ethnicities or whatever. Our blackness so you know because joy and wellness and happiness are important to us too mm-hmm. so definitely something for all factions of my people just to feel good and to feel well to feel joy to feel happiness so the, the black joy and wellness center would definitely be popping in charlotte north carolina okay charlotte okay i love it i love your answers i'm probably gonna have a party like marvin but that's really leo shit no no tell so us I- what you what, what would you do <laughs> Oh, I, if 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 I have debt, but not student loans, I'm not paying that shit. But other debt, I'm gonna pay that. I want to buy a Range Rover. I do want to do a little bit of ignorant things. I want a Range Rover and a home, and I do want to like take my friends on vacation and like do her rash shit. And then I would maybe see like a few clients here and there, but. Yeah, I, I want to celebrate it. I want to be like, I got a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never going to be poor again kind of thing. Yep, be like, yep. fuck capitalism, but if I got that bag. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I also asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what do you guys want to do individually? Like, where do you see yourself? Josh is at peace. Meditating. Well, are you asking what we want to be or what where do you where do we see ourselves? Because I want to be not working. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So then you okay. So yeah, that. Yeah. You don't want to work. No. Why would anyone? I mean, <laughs> some people Unless, like to work. I, so I don't want to work. Um, I want to do things that I find fulfilling and mm-hmm. that bring me joy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that could look like to, to the I don't know, to folks who don't know me, that could look like work. Mm-hmm. But for me, it would be something that's fulfilling and bringing me joy. Yeah. And I have full control over when start, stop. You know what I mean? I, I have full control over all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. The other day I recorded a podcast for somebody else and my friend was like, you're always working. And I was like, I don't consider that work. Like that doesn't feel like work to me. You know, we've used the word joy a lot and we keep bringing up you and just joy in general, but <laughs> I think it's been cool to actually to hear, follow your story of going to Scottsdale and just being like, hmm, I want to have my room moved, but then I don't want to have my room, my room uh, around here because white people listen to that. It's just cool to just 
care about you. And um, I remember, I think when we first met, you was wearing a red sweater, right? I don't remember. Uh, no, no, not our first. No, the, that was the last day of the conference I had on a red sweater. Okay. The first day I had on a sweater that said happy. I remember when they said, if you want to go to PhD, you put your hand up and you put your hand down like this. I was very different. I remember you made me like talk about my podcast and I was very uncomfortable because I was not like joy. I was very shy. I'm very shy. I'm awkward. That's See, that's my point. I've seen you come from that to, you know, where you are now and no pun intended. It's a joy to see and hear about. But if what I want to be, I just want to be happy. I want to live a long, healthy life. I actually look up to Quincy Jones. He's like 87. You know, I don't see a lot of black men live long. <laughs> and he, you know, there's a documentary about him on Netflix. And he's just so happy and cheerful in an old black man. Because we don't get, we don't live to see that long, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to be happy and live long and strong. Yeah. Um, that's where I want to be. But what I want to do. I probably be doing it'd be nice to get paid well. I ain't gonna lie, you know, but um being able just to bring wellness to my people really and just be a healer. Yeah. You know, it comes at a cost, right? I'm not gonna say I do it for free, but it's something that I do love to do and it does bring me joy. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would want to do in the future. Just continue bringing healing to my people. Nice. Um, what do I want to be? If you asked me when I was five, I would have told you a Ninja Turtle. So, <laughs> which one? Uh, I was a big Michelangelo fan. Okay. You know what I mean? He kept it real chill, laid back, always eating pizza. So I was cool with that. <laughs> was that, nun- that the one with the nunchucks? With the nunchucks, yeah. That's the orange yeah. one, right? Yeah, cowabunga. Um, <laughs> he was wild. So you feel me? Maybe I'll Michelangelo that- was a party dude. Yeah, maybe I'll pick that dream back up. You know, they're never too late to become a Ninja Turtle. Um, But yeah, similar to Marvin, I just don't want to work. I don't want to be tied to the concept of like capitalism, internalized capitalism. I don't want to feel a sense of worth attached to my labor and what I produce. Um, And I don't know if that'll ever happen. I hope it does. Um, but I just see the possibility for so much more something beautiful that could come out if I didn't have to worry about paying a mortgage or mm-hmm. paying loans or wow. being able to provide for myself and the people I love. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what might come out of that. But just to have that much space, mm-hmm. I know something beautiful would come out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, without doubt. You know, similarly, what I want to be is just to be mm. and see where that takes me. Yes. If, I'm, if I'm blessed to be an elder one day, amazing. If I'm called home before then, okay. Um, but it's hard to fathom what is it like to exist without being tied to having to produce, create, develop uh, in order to be able to provide for a livelihood. I really have no idea. Haven't tapped in that. Haven't had uh, the privilege of being able to tap into that a bit creativity. Um, I I think I love my morning routine and evening routine with my partner and our puppy. Have coffee. Have tea. 
just are together sharing space like that brings me so much joy it's like knowing you're in the good times mm-hmm. while there's while they're happening so yeah. i would just i would just have more time for that yeah um and then of course i was thinking actually uh i would have to win this lottery i'd have to win that 100 m's because i want to buy i'd probably have to buy my uh my starting lineup in an nba game um because i would love to play in just one nba game uh you know catch some assists from steph dunk on uh i don't know everybody (laughs) (laughs) um i need some bionic knees though so you're dunking on uh, everybody 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 everybody. (laughs) you heard it here backs on everybody everybody, making everybody (laughs) fall yeah this is a dream so but definitely playing in the league you know that was always the childhood dream and uh I'm fortunate enough to be able to brush shoulders with these guys now. Um, and so part of, part of, you know, where I'm currently at, I feel like I'm, I get to live it in a way and I get to focus on, you know, things that I practice in my own life, taking care of mental health, taking care of wellness. So, uh, yeah, feeling grateful for that. Ask them to put day. you in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just I ask? Hey, like, y'all, uh, steps. You just got to <laughs> shoot, you gotta yeah. shoot around with them first. Yeah, yeah, right. So like and be like, let me just practice dunking on you real quick. Yeah. Coach Kerr. I was thinking like Steph, Clay, me, and then you know, we'll do on this triangle offense again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fall in the name of self-care and wellness. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I Enjoy. say you pitch it. Enjoy. <laughs> I say you and can you like let us know when it happens? Yeah, maybe y'all turn on your TVs, but is that Michael? <laughs> is he guarding KD? <laughs> I don't know if you want to guard KD. Mike. Yeah, no, nah, shoot that. Yeah, shoot that. <laughs> I paid 100 M's. I'm, I'm guarding. I'll guard. Whoever. I won't play no defense. They're playing four on five. I'm just down the three-point line waiting to catch and shoot. <laughs> Ain't no running over here. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Y'all have been a breath of fresh air on this here, this Thursday night. Um, what are some final thoughts you want to share with people and where can people find you? You're not going to talk about January 6th real quick? Oh, oh yes. Okay. So it's January 6th. It's the, it's the anniversary, the insurrection. What, how were y'all, what were you doing last year, January 6th? 2021 I had just gotten to Charlotte for my little cousin's birthday and one of my cousins called and was like y'all see what happened and we I like put on Instagram or CNN and I was just like hooked to white people white people in all day I was just like I could not turn away from it it was so disgusting and trashy and sad. I was like, look at them just getting away with all kind of foolishness. If it was black people, we'd have been dead before we even got off the plane. Mm-hmm. You would have dropped bombs over Baghdad on us, man. Real mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. I think when it happened, I was just like in pure and utter disbelief. Like this could not be happening. Like it was, I was in supervision or something like that at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was mentioned to me and I was like, wait, what? Can you, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's doing what? And then oh, seeing the whole thing, it was just like I, I, 
I was at a loss for words. And I know that night we actually, Jesse started a, 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 a Zoom mm. and we just talked about it. And it was just like a kiki real quick afterwards, just to be like a, a debrief of the debauchery. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bit afraid today. Like, man, I wonder what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, knock on wood, I don't think anything has happened, but it's it pretty scary. And I know a lot of, you know, black and brown folks, especially the young people that I was serving at the time, they were like, you know, I'm, I'm very afraid for my mom. I'm very afraid for my family. I'm very afraid to live in this neighborhood. There was a lot of anxiety that was going on and stress, you know? And I think that, you know, especially in a pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, that added even more stress to a very tumultuous time. It's just wild. That's all I have to say. It was insane. One of the things that I thought of when I realized that today was January 6th is just how fucking long this year was. (laughs) (laughs) I swear that shit happened like two, three years ago. Like so much has happened in that time. But a year ago, I was still working from home. I was in this room, probably doing some Zoom therapy sessions that I'm recording from now. Um, And my partner, Rima, was in the living room and had the news on. And we spent most of the day just watching the news and calling people, calling her family to see how they were doing and checking in on folks in Oakland and seeing if there was anything happening or ways that we could support the community and trying to just maintain some sanity in the bullshit um but yeah we recently just got back from uh mexico was out there for a little bit um and it was interesting because we met we made friends on like this tour we went there was like only like one other person of color this like black woman from britain (laughs) it was just it's always interesting to hear the perspectives of other people on our country and they're always so much more well-versed in our country's history than most Americans are. Um, But yeah, it was like one of those things where it seemed like the entire world stopped to watch. It wasn't just here folks stateside, like the rest of the world was looking on and like, yeah, it will definitely go down as like one of the saddest moments of U S history. Yeah. Yeah. It was an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. I think for me, and the I went through a whole host of emotions. <laughs> um, at first, I was low key excited because I was just like, <laughs> "Oh, SWAT team about to come fuck them up." Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Waiting, okay. waiting." Hours have gone by. It's dark outside now, mm-hmm. <laughs> and these motherfuckers are still wilding. Mm-hmm. So then, you know. It, it quickly turned into just disappointment mm-hmm. um into sadness because you know 2020 was you know summer of rage and um out here in philadelphia when shit was lots of uprisings like shit was was, was popping off in, in the summer and seeing how police and law enforcement um responded to uprisings um immediately even before the the, the things happened um calling curfews all these things that were happening and then these white people (laughs) were doing just the wildest shit 
um, the shit that any of us on this Zoom mm-hmm. <laughs> would never, would never, ever climb on uh, the side of the Capitol. Right? Be able, we mm-hmm. wouldn't even be able to get in that thing. Like, let's let's be for real. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it it it, it was it was surprise or not surprising. It was baffling. Mm-hmm. It was infuriating. Um, and it just it, it it just cemented for me that white supremacy um, is here. Mm. It's 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 here today. It will be here probably for a, a, a significant amount of time moving forward, unless we we do something to change it. Yeah. Um, and it also cemented for me that white supremacy supersedes whatever laws we have in place. Mm-hmm. whatever democracy we think we have mm-hmm. and that there are two different americas for folks of color yeah and for white folks mm-hmm. because every single person not as every single every per, per, yeah, every single person of color that i know knew that we could never ever we could never mm-hmm. so it was it was it was a lot of emotion it was it was i i was glued to the tv too waiting like, okay, army going to show up at some point. Mm-hmm. Nope. My question is like, white people, like, why don't you sometimes be a credit to your race and have some humility and accountability? Were you at all, at any point, embarrassed? You know, a Black person will do the smallest infraction at times, or maybe in the past, I would think a Black person will do something and it's like, oh, the whole race feels it, right? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's very, that's divisive and that's not good. I don't think white people really think about themselves in this space of, oh, we fucked up. Even if mm-hmm. it's a, you know, we can do less and feel more embarrassed than them. They went back to work the next day acting like, oh my God, this is, like they were surprised and all that stuff. I wasn't at all surprised. Mm-hmm. I was actually more surprised that they would be not embarrassed. Right. Because that's like just, it wasn't me. Right. They try to differentiate themselves. White people have the privilege to be like, I'm not like those white people. I, 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 my wife is black. You know, my children, my child is biracial. I have a blue, a Black Lives Matter sign mm-hmm. in, in front. I am not racist at all. You know, it's like, no, nigga, you fucking mad. You're not even racist. Racism is for people of color. Anti-blackness is for black people. That's a whole nother discussion. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah uh, a lot of processing that day with, uh, with loved ones. Uh, definitely, I think I went on IG Live uh, just trying to make sense of it as it unfolded in real time. Um, my brothers here have already spoke to the emotions of that day. Um, it's hard not to continue to be surprised at how folks will try to both sides this event. Um, yeah, I, I could get into it more, but I just, it, it's, I mean, I even unplugged from the news today because it was yeah. like, it, oh yeah, this shit They were shit talking was, about it news today instagram today from accounts that i follow was all like the the reposting the images you know op-eds pundits giving their their thoughts on it and it's just 
Um, fucking, it was violent, yo. They, these motherfuckers are just so violent. Um, so with that, yeah, just a lot of processing. I also think it needs to be talked about every year, though. Because I think this is one of those things that America will fully just try to like every year, less and less, you'll, you'll hear less about it until we don't hear about that yeah. shit anymore. They've been, they've been trying to whitewash it. They've been trying to whitewash it the whole past year. Right. Oh, it was Antifa in the mix. It was BLM in the mix. No, it wasn't. Yeah. They were holding up motherfucking 45 signs, yo. Yeah. Ain't nobody else. It was plain as day. We're going to call it spade a spade. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and we think they had about jackets that said the date, like it was pl- like you planned this. You went and mm-hmm. had some kind of conference or whatever. Yeah. So I think what's also like what's really disheartening is only about 720 some folks from that day have either been identified or held accountable. There were thousands of people there. Yeah. And there's people who returned back to certain cities and went back into civilization yeah. and are in power right motherfucking now. Weren't there yeah. social workers there too? Oh I yeah. Like- yep. I mean, there are social workers who are Trump supporters. So I mean, yes, yeah. yes. What's, what's you also said social wh- workers can't be Trump supporters. <laughs> what was that? But you said social workers can't be Trump people. Uh, Trump social workers can't be Trump supporters, right? I did say that. Okay. <laughs> and I meant that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have the degree. They're not of the. But I, I think it, you know, goes back to not goes back, but, you know, ties into this, you know, argument around critical race theory, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like forgetting the truth and 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 twisting that narrative and basically rewriting history. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so this seems very on brand. And I and I and I hope that January 6th, every fucking year we talk about how much of a fucking embarrassment that these white people were to this entire country mm-hmm. and how this, this act of terror, which is what it was, happened on American soil. In the capital. You know, that, the capital. That's, that's not going to happen, probably. You know, in Germany, they apologized for the Holocaust. They have never at one time apologized to African-Americans for slavery. There's monuments to other things, and those are important, too. But in cities like Boston or New York or Phil- well, New York and, and Philadelphia are not afraid to embrace the fact that they were part of the enslavement. That city with a bunch of patriots, they kind of hide that shit under, uh, sweep that under the rug. We come from a city or at least a country that likes to sweep that shit under the rug and act like it never happened and actually never give African-American reparations. NASW. You know, you owe melanated social reparations. You owe every black person reparations. A black person that's getting a BSW, an MSW, a DSW, a PhW, a PhW, a PhD in social work. I was work. like, what's that? <laughs> you owe us reparations. We should not go to these schools for free. And some of y'all, shouts out to Dana Rand, LMSW, coming out of my favorite city, Uptown. She says some of these social work schools really need to, or the admissions need to rethink people that want a microwave quick education to go be Brene Brown because Brene Brown can say water's wet and niggas be like, I told you that already. So yeah, social work, you owe black people reparations.
Any final thoughts? Sorry for the drilling that's happening, of course. You know, why would it be quiet? Reparations today, reparations tomorrow, reparations for Black people forever. Mic drop. And where can people find you? <laughs> Yo, make sure y'all are following us on the Instagram at Melanated Social Work. You're checking out the website, www.melanatedsocialwork.com. You're listening and subscribe to the podcast, the Melanated Social Work podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you can go ahead and follow me, Jesse, at Hyphen Healing. Um, and I will leave it with a quote from Octavia Butler. All you touch, you change. All you change changes you. The only lasting truth is change. Folks can follow me. This is Marvin at M Tolliver underscore LCSW on Instagram. Um, very soon. You can also find me at Marvin uh hopefully by the time this this episode is out um oh shit uh (laughs) maybe a little later than that but um final thought is uh two things when this country shows us continues to show us uh what it is and who they are always always believe always believe it believe them um, and then do things that bring you joy. Mm-hmm. Lean into those things that you love. Um, make space for them. Make time for them. It's so easy to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of taking care of folks, of work, of family, of partners, whatever. But for individuals, like reconnect with like the shit that you just really love to do, no matter how like silly or if you think it's childish do that shit if it brings you joy uh, i don't have a professional ig so tap in on the melanated social work instagram handle uh and final thoughts i just hope everyone's taking care and trying to stay safe and healthy and happy and um that's it all right. Thank y'all so, so, so much for being here and for making time for this. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having you. us. Thank you for, yeah. for your voice too and for your platform. You're doing a lot of dope shit as well. And I'm, I'm you. sorry you, I'm like, I'm like secretly like happy that you had to cancel your event because like I wasn't going to be able to go. <laughs> so whenever you do it, I'm going to be there. I'm, I'm I was kinda... definitely thinking like, well, now Marvin could come. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, your 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 voice is so needed um, in our mm-hmm. field. People like really love you. People really fuck with you. We obviously fuck with you. Um, and yeah, thank thank you for for doing the 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 dope shit that you're doing. Thank you, I appreciate it. Well, y'all have a good night. Thank you. Thank you.